everybody and welcome. My name's Dan Harvey and we're back with another episode of Awesome Irish Women from the Past. Here with me today are three ladies who you do not want to mess with. Let's hear it for Anne Bonny. For Constance Markovich. And for Kit Kavanagh. It is a pleasure to have you with us, girls. We've taken you from history and brought you together because our program today is all about... Fighters! And you are, all of you, some pretty fierce ladies. We just had to hear some of your daring tales, didn't we, audience? <laughs> Anne, let's start with you. Take it away. Well, my name is Anne Bonny, and I was born in Cork in 1698. My father was a lawyer who fell in love with the maid, my mother. Didn't go down terribly well, of course, because she was poor and he wasn't. So, after I was born, we headed away to start our new life in America. That's where Daddy made his fortune, on a huge plantation. We became quite wealthy, and Daddy made sure that I had everything I needed. He was especially keen for me to learn all the useful skills that a girl might need, like fencing, and of course, shooting. Life was good, and I spent many a happy hour on our plantation practicing my swing and shooting things and animals, sometimes people. But one day, Daddy sat me down for a chat. Now, my precious little gem, I have some wonderful news for you. Have you got me a new sword, Daddy? Or a pony? Or that pink dress I told you about? No, my dear, it's far more thrilling than that. I have found you some potential husbands. Isn't that just super? No, I want a pony. The thing is, I wouldn't have minded getting married, but I didn't want some drippy guy that Daddy knew from work. They were all so boring. If Daddy really wanted me to get a husband, I would get a husband. But I would make my own choice. And I chose James Bonney. He was tall, dark, handsome, fun. But the main thing was that we had the same view of the world. Daddy wasn't happy, but I had to do what I had to do. The thing is, I was just looking for something different, something exciting, to feel the wind in my hair, see the ocean stretched out before me, and I like pillaging. Is that a crime? So you think you're ready for life on a pirate ship in the Bahamas, Anne? It's not all going to be plain sailing, as they say. <laughs> oh, James, stop fussing. I'm a better fighter than you by far. Now let's get going. When are we going to attack other ships? Darling, maybe you should let me and the crew get on with it here. Don't you have some sewing or something to do? Or you know what? We could all do with a nice cup of tea. Would you make some tea, darling? I soon realized that James was a bit of a drag, always telling me that I should stay below deck and that I couldn't fight or kill anyone. Oh, so I was feeling pretty fed up. Thankfully, when we came into port to load up on supplies, my luck changed, because that is when I met Calico Jack. You might have heard of him? The most dangerous man on the high seas? 
Well, anyway, he was. Come away with me, Anne, on board my beautiful ship, the Revenge. <laughs> that is a nice ship, Jack. Would you like to step on board? Well, look, here's how it is. I'm happy to go with you, but I need to get one thing straight. I don't want to just make the tea or sip below deck while you and the crew have all the fun. Anne, I swear to you that you will be my equal, my partner, and we shall spend our days on the ocean waves, plundering and killing anyone who stands in our way. Well, it was impossible to say no. What an opportunity! There was only one thing to do. I told James that I was off, pulled on a pair of trousers, and boarded the revenge. I was no longer just the lovely wife. I became a pirate myself. Oh, what a magical time it was. Calico Jack and I were in love. We were happy. We were terrorizing sailors around Jamaica. And then the strangest thing happened. We were fighting on board an enemy pirate ship. Standard stuff. And the pirate I was fighting, well, he was quite the swordsman. I was impressed. I'll admit you're not bad, but I'm better with a sword than any of the men on board either of these ships. And I'm the only woman. I wouldn't say that. Honestly, you could have knocked me over with a feather. You really could have. It turns out the man I was fighting, well... He wasn't a man at all. She was a woman. You don't meet many women on board pirate ships, I can tell you. So I was flabbergasted. There was only one thing to do. We both put down our swords and shook hands. It's so lovely to meet you. You're really very good at sword fighting. Oh, thank you. So are you. My name's Anne Bonny. And you are? I'm Mary Reed. Well, we were firm friends after that. She joined our crew and it was so much fun to have another woman there, especially one who could fight as well as Mary. Not better than me, of course, but she certainly had a good swing. Oh, we did have a good time. You know, Mary, being a pirate really is the best kind of life. The sun beating down on us, the salty waves crashing against the boat, all the treasures we stole yesterday. I don't think I've ever been happier. And just look at that view. Ah, yes, it is a lovely sight. But hang on a minute. Over there, can you see that ship on the horizon? It's enormous. My goodness. I've never seen a boat of that size around here. And it seems to be going very fast. And I think they might be following us. I, I think, I think it's a Navy ship. They're coming for us. They're coming to capture the revenge. Tell the others, Mary. They're gaining speed. We need to be ready to fight. There's a lot of them, man. I need help here. It's okay. I've got your back. Hey, where's the rest of the men? Jack! Where are you? We need help here. It's no good. They're all below deck. What do you mean they're all below deck? We're trying to fight off an army here. Jack! Jim! Joe! Where is everyone? The lot of you better get out here right this minute. But Jack and the pathetic crew refused to come out from their hiding place. The cowards. Of course, Mary and I did our best trying to hold out. 
couldn't fight an entire navy ship on our own. We were all arrested. So irritating. Well, in the end, every single one of the crew got the death penalty, including Calico Jack. And it served him right, if you ask me. Even worse, my good friend Mary died in prison of a fever. It was such a shame. So, that was that. That's my story. Wait a minute, Anne. What happened to you? Did you get out of prison somehow? (laughs) Oh, Dan, I can't tell you that. It's a secret. Some people think that I escaped and returned to a life of piracy, or that my daddy got me out of jail. But my lips are sealed. All I can say is, I never got caught again. Well, Anne, that's quite a story. I think everyone should join me in giving Anne a round of applause. So, we've had pirate ships, cowardly crews, and fierce fighting so far. What else can these women handle? Okay, Madame Demarkovich, we're all dying to hear your story, so please, in your own time. My name is Constance Markovitch. I was born in London in 1868, but I grew up in Lissadell, the family estate in beautiful Sligo. I was educated at home by governesses and lived a very luxurious sort of life, painting, drawing and horse riding. I knew that I was lucky, but I never really felt like this was the type of life for me. Although my family was wealthy, we all knew that we were fortunate and that others were suffering. Seeing my parents help the local people had a big effect on me. It led me to learn about the Great Famine in Ireland, which had caused so many people to die and emigrate. And as I learned about it, I became angrier and angrier that the government at Westminster had not done more to help the Irish when they were suffering. Corn was sent out of the country, even though people were starving. I soon began to believe that Ireland would be better off if it was not ruled by England anymore. When the 1916 Rising happened, I knew I had to be involved. Although many people thought that fighting was for men, I knew I could help. When the Rising happened, I was placed second in command to Michael Mallon at Stevens Green. We fought hard, but it wasn't enough. We were all captured. None of us had any idea what would come next. See here, today's paper. They've executed all the leaders of the Rising. I can't believe it. I must say I didn't agree with what they did, the rebels. I think it was wrong to take over Dublin like that and the place is now in ruins. But to execute them? Terrible. Those poor young men and their families. Some of them were school teachers, shopkeepers, for goodness sake. They could have just sent them to jail. Some of them are still in jail. Look here. 
It says the Countess Markovich is going to be spared. She'll not be executed on account of her being a woman. She's been sentenced to life in prison. Well, we'll see. I have a feeling this won't be the last we hear of Countess Markovich. When I was told that I wouldn't be executed, I said to the officer, you could have at least had the decency to shoot me. But they stood firm. They refused to execute a woman. All I could think of was that my poor brave friends were gone, and it nearly broke my heart. I was sent to Aylesbury Prison in London. Oh, look. The Duchess has finished scrubbing the floor, and what a lovely job she's done, too. Oh, her highness has really outdone herself here. I just hope that no one drops anything on it. Like this here bowl of slops. <laughs> that would be a shame. Oh, what a pity. The floor will have to be done again. And maybe if the Duchess has time and a busy schedule, she might do the kitchen counters too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not too high and mighty for that, are you, my lady? Of course, those prison guards taunted me, and the days were long and hard, but there was nothing that they could say or do to hurt me. My comrades were dead, and that was all that weighed upon my heart. In those dark days, the letters and visits from my sister Eva were all that I had to look forward to. When she told me that she had heard I was to be released in 1917, I barely allowed myself to believe it. Indeed, even as I was told to gather my small belongings, I couldn't feel that I was free until I set foot on Irish soil again. After I was released, the British government became worried that we were planning another rebellion in 1918, and it wasn't long before... Constance Markovich, I'm arresting you on suspicion of treason. Oh, all right. Good evening, Madame de Markovich. I'm afraid you're under arrest. Fine, then. Constance Markovich, you're under arrest. Again. OK, just let me grab my handbag. Constance Markovich, you're... Oh, don't tell me I'm under arrest, aren't I? Yes, come with me, please. Have you heard... Oh, Countess Markovich. Oh, what's she doing now? In prison again, is she? Well, yeah, she's in prison. Do you know she's also been elected to Parliament? She just won a seat at Westminster. Really? My goodness, she must be the first woman to be elected to Westminster. She is. It's an historic moment. But she won't take her seat. Why ever not? Well, she's a member of Sinn Féin, of course. And they refuse to swear the oath of allegiance to the Crown. You can't take your seat in Westminster without swearing an oath of allegiance. Oh, complicated, isn't it? Very. When Sinn Féin set up their own parliament in Dublin, called Doyle Aaron, I was appointed Minister for Labour. This made me the first woman to be elected to cabinet in Europe, and I was proud to take up the position. My fighting days were not over, though, as within a couple of years civil war broke out in Ireland, and I took up arms again. Well, what can I say? A woman's got to do what a woman's got to do. 
must say that it is strange when I look back on all that I've been. A fighter, a prisoner, and a politician. To think that I could have simply become a lady with a luxurious life and little to worry about. Well, I do not regret a thing. Countess Markovich, you certainly made your mark on Ireland. So we're moving on to our final awesome Irish woman of the program, and for this one, we're heading back to the 17th century. Kit Kavanagh, I believe you have a fighting story to tell us. Let's hear it. My name is Kit Kavanagh, and I was born in Dublin in 1667. As a teenager, I began to work in my aunt's pub, which I inherited when she died. And this is where I met my dear husband, Richard, and we married and we had two children. We were expecting our third and living happily and quietly until one ordinary evening when something terrible happened. Kit, me dear, I'm just going down to meet Jack and some of the lads for a point. All right, but don't be late. The little ones are very tired this evening and I don't want them to be disturbed in the middle of the night. Of course, they'll be home soon, I promise. Alas, that was a promise that Richard would not keep. I waited all night for him to return, but there was no sign of him. His friends had not seen him and no one in the town had heard anything. He'd simply vanished, leaving no clue or trace as to what happened. I was heartbroken and for nearly a year I waited, hoping that he might somehow return to me. My mother came to stay and help me take care of the children as I had my hands full running the pub. A letter has arrived for you, Kit. From across the sea, it seems. In my heart, I knew immediately that the letter was from Richard. And as I tore it open and read the words he'd written, my hands trembled. My dear Kit, we're right to tell you what has become of me. Which you must have wondered this past year, and I'm so sorry to have caused you suffering. That fateful night as I went to meet Jack and the others in Dublin City, I was approached by some friendly men who asked me for directions and then persuaded me to drink a pint of ale with them. I had no idea of the danger. What happened next I cannot tell you. But when I woke some hours later, I found that I had been kidnapped and forced to join the army fighting for King William III against the French. I am trapped in this position now, and I feel so sad when I think of you and our happy home. Stay safe, my love. And give the children kisses from me. Yours, Richard. Forced into the army? Oh my goodness, Kit. He'll never escape now. Mother, I must go to him. There's war. A person cannot simply travel there. Unless that person is a soldier. Women cannot become soldiers, Kit. They don't need to know I'm a woman. I shall cut my hair short and wear one of Richard's suits. I think they'll fit me. Have you lost your mind, my girl? It's not possible. Will you mind the children? Kit, please. Tell them I've gone to fetch their father. And that is how I began a new life in the infantry. As Christopher Walsh. I was sent to the Netherlands, all the time trying to find out about Richard, who I said was my brother. Life was certainly different to before. 
but I soon grew accustomed to the music of cannon fire and the dirt and camaraderie of life in the army. After many years, I had lost any hope of finding Richard again, and my life as Kit Kavanagh became little more than a distant memory. But fate was about to change my fortunes. Oi, Christopher. Yes, sir. Need you to guard these prisoners. There's a soldier from another regiment coming down. He'll take over. Yes, sir. No problem. Good man. It was only about five minutes. I sat there, thinking about nothing much at all. I watched the soldier from the other regiment approaching and, you know, I don't think I recognised him. It had been 11 long years after all. No. It wasn't until he was right next to me and I looked in his eyes that I knew it. Richard! Yes? Do I know you from somewhere? Richard! It's me. Kit. Your wife. Good Lord, Kit. It is you. I didn't recognise you at all, but... You're a soldier. I came to find you, Richard. Eleven years ago, after you vanished, I signed up. I wanted to bring you home. Oh, Kit, you're so brave. Now we can be together again. You don't need to do this anymore. You can stop pretending to be a soldier. Pretending? I'm not pretending. I am a soldier, Richard. I'm as much of a soldier as you are. I love this life in the army and I'm not ready to give up fighting. You must be joking, Kit. You want to continue to do this? To put your life at risk? This is the only life I know now, Richard. I sacrificed everything for you and now I need you to make me a promise. What is it? Swear that you will not reveal my secret. Everybody thinks that I'm Christopher Walsh. You must not tell anyone that I'm Kit Kavanagh. No one can know that I'm a woman. You must swear it, Richard. I swear it. It may seem strange to you, but I was a soldier now and I wasn't willing to give it up just yet. Richard kept his promise and didn't tell anyone. But sometime later, my fortunes changed again when I was badly injured in battle. This time I was taken to a military hospital and when I awoke, I was in for a shock. Well, how are you feeling? Can you sit up? We know that you are not a man by the name of Christopher Walsh. We know that you are, in fact, not a man at all. Am I in trouble? Am I going to be sent to prison? On the contrary, the army is rather impressed with your courage. We are all, frankly, amazed that you have managed to keep your identity a secret for so long. I dare say you have fought as bravely as any man on the battlefield and are deserving of praise. Thank you, sir. I was relieved that I was not in trouble, but sad that I had to finally give up my life as a soldier. I was allowed to remain in the army, but working as a cook. And I was glad to stay with my comrades. But I must say, I always missed the battlefield.
Well, Kit, that is one impressive tale. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And thank you to each of our three fighters for being with us today. Here's to the pirate with the pizzazz and Bonnie. For the MP with the mojo, Countess Constance Markovich. And of course, for the soldier with a secret, Kit Kavanaugh. We'll be back next week with three more awesome Irish women from the past who will tell us their tales. Join us next time when I'll be talking to the leaders, Anna Parnell, Nano Nagel, and Mother Jones. This program was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television license fee.